Hello Raptors fans, it's the Raptors Review Podcast here recapping week one. I have been here. Ben, how are you doing? What up, Aaron? I am chilling, just voted, sipping on some bubble tea right now, feeling good despite the Raptors tough week one. Wow, I voted as well, but I did not, I don't have any bubble tea, so I feel a little bit left out here. You're missing Uh, out. Controversial question here, Ben. Do you like the little tapioca bubbles in there? Some people hate them. How do you feel? I love them. They're just so fun to eat. This is the whole point of getting bubble tea. I'm a huge fan. Bubble tea. You get bubble tea with extra bubbles. Extra bubbles. All bubbles. Just pure bubbles. Uh, Okay, let's talk about the Raptors. (laughs) The Raptors went one and two this week. Admittedly, a pretty tough schedule. Let's start with the season opener at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The new look Cleveland Cavaliers with Donovan Mitchell, uh, Sons, Laurie Markinen, and Colin Sexton. Uh, this was a super close game, and the Raptors pulled it out in the end, 108-105. What were your first impressions of this team? And like, I thought, I thought the Cavs played pretty well too. It was just a, it was just a really fun game. Maybe the best game of opening night. Yeah, I thought this looked like a very high quality opening season performance from both teams. Like. They kind of, it felt almost like a playoff game, like the energy, the intensity. Yeah, the crowd was there for sure. And the execution, like I thought both teams were playing at a pretty high level. And I was like, this would be a spicy playoff matchup. It was just a lot of fun. You got the Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Rookie of the Year rivalry. You've got like small guards on Cleveland that are really good, but that Fred Van Vliet can actually guard. So it's like, he's not totally useless in the matchup. It's, It's just a fun, it's a fun matchup. I thought the Raptors played pretty well. I think Gary Trent had his only valuable contribution of the season so far in this game this by scummy, ben. by gouging Darius Garland's eye. <laughs> but, you know, it's been a rough start for Gary outside of that. So taking the silver I would include that in the rough start. I would include <laughs> that in the rough start. What Ben is alluding to in the second quarter, uh, uh, Gary Trent gambled for a backcourt steal on an inbounds pass and... Uh, as he was going for the ball, he accidentally got uh, Darius Garland in the eye. Uh, I don't. I haven't heard anything that it's like too too serious, but he missed the rest of the game, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm joking. Injuries aren't fun, and um, it's been a rough start for Gary Trent. So you know. Yeah. So Donovan Mitchell ended up, I think, leading the Cavs here. He got 31 points, 12 of 21 you know, nine assists, like he, he filled in pretty well, I thought. And, you know, really it was carving up the rafters to the extent that, uh, that you can, uh, and Evan Mobley, I thought like, you know, he's not going to be necessarily like a stat stuffer on the box score, but just his contributions. He does all the little things, the, def- the defense, you know, just being able to make the right play all the time. I thought he looked fantastic. Uh, and on the Raptors end, it was just all about Pascal Siakam. He is returned to the end of last season's form. He absolutely carried the Raptors offense uh, to the tune of a triple double. And yeah, he was, he was the no, no, That was the next game. Oh, yeah, Pascal, sorry. But, sorry, yes. but Pascal My in this bad. game, I will I say was, yeah. was still a monster. I thought like, yeah, it was, it wasn't quite as good as impressive as Statlin as the next game, but still had 23 and 11 with three steals and if he didn't have foul trouble, I thought like he would have been even better. And he like he still looked really comfortable. His handling has really improved, I think, from last season. I, I noticed like a noticeable jump. He just seems more comfortable on the ball. He's the offense is running through him. It's 
a little strange to me. I feel like Fred Van Vliet has been very quiet to start the season. And I mean, yes. maybe that's a good thing because when he was running the offense, he was pretty inefficient. Um, and the offense he, was inefficient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's been pretty passive and not shooting nearly as much as I would have expected from him. Uh, and so I'm wondering if that's, if that's what he's going to look like this season, or if that's just him settling into finding a new role in the offense and he's going to pick his spots more and, and that'll slowly increase his shot count as the season goes on. I don't know. I think that's something worth monitoring. Yeah. I think it was probably just, just the one game where the Cavs, especially without Darius Garland have a lot of size and a lot of length. And that's just, that's always just tough for Fred Van Vliet. Plus, you know, Pascal and Scotty, I think were had it going on a bit as the, as the engines and they were, they were the ones that were creating offense. So he was just playing more of a secondary role. Uh, so to start the season, we had two of the Raptors projected rotation guys, Chris Boucher and Otto Porter Jr. hurt. They didn't play at all this week. So how did that affect the rotation? I, we saw Precious Achua and Coloco being the first guys off the bench. What do you think about the Raptors ben- bench depth and rotation? Well, I think we were a little early on crowning Precious as the fifth best player on this team, Aaron. I think that was really? a little premature. Did, in this Cleveland game, did you think he looked that good? I thought he had a really rough game. Okay, in this game, sure. But yeah, yeah. one game does not yeah. make that decision. No. no, no, no. But it was it was a rough start. Like the bench, I thought Coloco. Let's jump to Coloco because I think to me this was the most interesting development from week one is that Coloco seems to be firmly part of this rotation. And I thought he's played really well so far to start the year. Like he's valuable. Really well might be a stretch. I think really well based on our expectations would be yes would be more accurate like okay he's not like an all-star but like as a second round pick big man like usually defense it takes them a few years to get up to speed on nba defense and he is already making valuable defensive contributions he's like able to guard competently on the perimeter and then he's yeah. just a huge rim protecting threat and so I, I love what I've seen from Coloco. He looks like an NBA player already. Yes, and that that's it's very encouraging. He plays. He has a really high motor. He just gets his hands on a lot of balls on on both ends of the floor. It, it's very encouraging. the The make or break skills for him to move out of being a bench role like are, are super far away. And that you know any kind of ball handling, you know decision making, shooting anything like that on offense will will is going to be what determines whether he's a forever a bench player slash in the league, or if he's, you know, if he's going to be something more than that. And, you know, we haven't mm-hmm. seen any of that, but, you know, for a second round pick, just being able to contribute is, is a win, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I, I think it's been very promising. It looks like the Raptors hit on another draft pick. Like it's not a home run, but he's a useful NBA player, which is a second round pick yeah. after one Pretty game. Rare. I mean, I'll say they made contact. <laughs> Okay. All right. Sure. I mean, no. You know what? No, I'm, I'm sticking to my far. guns here, Aaron. Yeah. I, I've seen enough of Coloco to say that he's he's an NBA player. Like he just on the court, he just looks ready. He doesn't. He's not phased by what's going on. It's like the game isn't too fast for him. I just think. Yeah. Certainly, the athleticism it pops more than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. The mobility, the ability, like to stay in front of guys, lateral mobility, the size, just sort of, yeah, he moves, yeah. he moves fast, and he runs Nothing hard. Nothing he's doing yeah. is unsustainable. It's not like some hot shooting stretch 
like yeah i i think yeah. he's he's a good player and so that's exciting but we'll see if he actually sticks in the rotation when we get chris boucher back when we get Otto porter jr back because presumably those guys are going to be in the rotation and yeah i i don't know there's our bench <laughs> doesn't seem great but there's a lot of guys that are all kind of around the same level of mediocrity where they're like the eighth, ninth man. And, you know, there's there's a lot of competition for that eighth, ninth man role right now. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit more about the starters. Uh, let's talk a bit more about Scotty specifically and OG. I think these guys are really the swing guys in terms of if the Raptors offense can be league average or is it going to be terrible in the half court again? And the early returns in this were not great. The shooting didn't look amazing from Scotty. Like he took one three, he made it, but you know the jump shot was not falling. Anytime OG does does anything where it involves like a change of direction or more than one or two dribbles, it's just the ugliest mid range fadeaway. And I don't think he's made one yet this season. The early returns on any kind of creation ability like scotty can do stuff if he has an advantage he can press that advantage he can get to the rim he can finish okay there but if it comes just be like okay scotty do something it doesn't look great yeah there's still a lot of chaos to his game where he's just probing without a plan and just just trying to like create without he doesn't have a lot of preset moves in his bag that he can just go to he just starts dribbling and trying to cross someone over and yeah, the jumper is definitely not there. And OG, I think, I mean, I think at this point we just have to accept OG is who he is. And I think they're giving him touches on offense to let him demonstrate some sort of offensive creation ability. But I just haven't seen anything that's giving me hope on that front. Yeah, no, what's what's frustrating is that he does everything. He does the role player things extremely well. The catch and shoot three continues to look great. It's fast. It's accurate. And then, you know, he can finish around the rim if he's attacking, you know, in a straight line drive. He can do he can do those things well. He's even, you know, he can pass if he gets collapsed at the rim, right? It's just that it, when when the burden is on him to exploit a mismatch, it just it doesn't go well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Aaron. So we clinched out this banger of an opening game against the Cavaliers. But then let's talk about game two here, where the Raptors went into Brooklyn after Brooklyn had just got blown out by the Pelicans, your your favorite Pelicans. They looked pretty impressive on their opening night, um, beating Brooklyn by 20 points. The Raptors come in and... They lose a really, really close game here, 109-105. That honestly, like the Nets won this, but I was I was really impressed with how the Raptors played. I thought this was, you know, as much of a moral victory as you can have in a loss. It, it like they looked good, and the Nets just hit a lot of big shots. Kyrie Irving had a really good game. Kevin Durant was hitting a lot of shots down the stretch. It's just like you kind of just have to <laughs> accept that the Nets are a really talented team, and if they play like this they're going to win a bunch of games. I don't think they're going to play like this all season. It's just, we got them on a hot night. Do you agree? Kind of. I think one of the warning signs is that Nick Nick Claxton, the center for the Nets, just bodied the Raptors. He he had no problem finishing on the inside. It's seven offensive rebounds. And like, this is Nick, Nick Claxton. Like he's not bigger than the Raptors center. He might be taller, but he's not stronger. 
that that's worrisome that the Raptors haven't been able to shore up any of those defensive rebounding issues and just finishing around them. He was finishing over guys. So yeah, like that wasn't amazing. And I didn't think the Nets played like played amazingly, like the shooting percentages aren't off the charts or anything. It's what, what worried me about the, about this is like, I don't think this Nets defense is very good, but the Raptors really struggled to score against their size. Like Freddie couldn't really exploit Kyrie, but then the Nets played big. Like O'Neal was the two KD, Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, like and like off the bench was Markeith Morris, Joe Harris. Like Patty Mills only played eleven minutes, and then Dayron Sharp is a backup center, right? Like they, they played a really big lineup against the Raptors, and I thought it really it worked to to uh, to bog down the Raptors' offense, which was disappointing because I don't think this Nets team is great defensively, but they made the Raptors look pretty mediocre on offense. Well, I'll say, so this is this is the, the Siakam game where he had 37 points, 12 yeah. rebounds. He was the only guy who could do anything. Absolutely unguardable. But on the flip side, like this might have been Gary Trent's worst game. As a pro. As a Raptor. Yeah. yeah he, like, the shooting numbers, the 6 of 16 doesn't speak to how awful it was. I think the beginning yeah. of the second half, he had a stretch where it, it was like turnover, miss shot, turnover, miss shot. And the missed shots were so bad, they felt like worse than turnovers. Yeah, his shot selection was horrible. Decision making was horrible. It was it was just it was a tough game from Gary. And, you know, Gary, Gary is a player that very much has peaks and valleys when he's hot. He's unconscious and just can go off for 40. But he has a few too many games like this that are just like concerning decision making on his part where it's not just that he's missing shots. It's the shots that he's taking. He's he's dribbling into double teams and then pulling up for a fadeaway. And it's like, Gary, we're, we don't need you to do this. Um, and so a little bit a little bit concerning from Gary to start the season. I, this was a game. I'm not I'm not long term concerned. Same with I'm not long term concerned about OG. OG also struggled this game, but it's more like you're trying to expand these guys' roles and they're failing very, very notably on that expansion, right? Yeah. But then the problem with the problem, and this has been a problem last year as well, is that when Gary and OG are struggling, there's no one coming off the bench that is giving you an offensive boost, right? We don't have a bench scorer. And so there's no one that can give Siakam help. And like Freddie had an efficient game here, 18 points, nine assists. But he, again, this game, he only took 11 shots. Like on the week, he aver- is averaging 10 shots a game. So his offense has been dialed back. And these other guys are giving more of an opportunity. But I don't know. <laughs> kind of want think, some of these, I think more we'll of these see shots the, to go to Fred. <laughs> yeah, the shot distribution revert to more of last year where yeah. Freddie is the clear number two shot attempt guy because it's just not working for, for Gary and Trent. Scotty, like same thing as last game, you know, some some nice moments, but overall just, you know, the creation just isn't there right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. This this game was, I don't know. I mean, in, in my mind, I still think this is a positive game because Siakam, Siakam had one of the season, games. Before uh, the season, he talked about he was trying to become a top five player in the league, and that raised a lot of eyebrows because, you know, he, he, he seemed because pretty far away from being that guy. Extremely unrealistic. But so far this season, 
pretty close to a top five player. Gotta say, I, I don't, I don't agree with that, but I think he would make the All NBA team if he keep, if he keeps playing like he has this week. Legitimately, make the All NBA team. Yeah, he'd probably be like second team All NBA. Anyways, yeah. I, so far, a great start to the season from Siakam. That's the that's the takeaway here. <laughs> yeah, he he's yeah. so in control, getting to where he wants to. You know, reading the defense, the punishing them for helping. He's 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 doing everything right on offense. So yeah, no no complaints about Siakam. All right, Ben. Game three this week, the Raptors lost a close one to Miami. Close one in the end. It wasn't so close during the game itself. They were down by twenty points. It's at one point in the second half. Before we get into the actual game itself, let's talk about the altercation. The yeah, brouhaha, the fracas. Who, care, who cares about actual basketball? We're yeah. we're a drama podcast. Let's talk about that. So, Ben, walk me through it, and then give me your thoughts on it. All right. So, Christian Cloco, my new favorite Raptor, fighting for a rebound with, I believe it's Caleb Martin. I can never it's keep Caleb. the twins straight. Caleb Martin. He he basically just reaches over him, grabs the ball. He's just twice his size. In, in um, the process of that, he does elbow Caleb Martin in the head. Like inadvertently, yes. but but he does he elbow him in the head. But then he's getting jostled for the rebound. He gets knocked over by Caleb Martin. They call a foul. But as as he's coming down as well, one of his arms does swipe down on Caleb Martin's shoulder. Um, as he's falling, it looks like he's just trying to find a place to balance. He gets knocked over. Caleb Martin comes and just stands over him, like taunting him and threatening him. Yeah, it's yeah. just like as being as threatening as possible. Coloco starts to leap up. And then Caleb Martin just football tackles him, pile drives him into the seats in the front row, and it just like causes a huge kerfuffle. And watching, like I watched 10 replays of it because they showed it for the next 20 minutes. As they were um, reviewing it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They So the, what, the end result of this was that they called technicals on both Coloco and Kayla Martin and kick them both out of the game. And then post game Coloco got fined and Kayla Martin got suspended for one game. Coloco got the fine that comes with being ejected. Okay. So, well, yeah, but still that you can always review a rejection and rescind it. Yeah. Ejection yeah, yeah, and yes, rescind yes. it. Right. They, but, they did not rescind so this ejection. Yeah. Watching this. I, I struggle to see what Coloco did wrong here. So, yeah, I, tell me. That, play devil's my advocate. My first thought here. was that the devil's advocate here is that when he was standing up, he was standing up very aggressively, and he did put his arms on Caleb Martin before before Caleb Martin tackled him. Like he was coming up to, and he was being I don't know. He was not instigating because that that had already happened, but he was retaliating. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so this is like the Draymond Jordan Poole situation where Draymond walks up to him, Poole shoves him back because he's in his space, and then Draymond clocks yes. him. It's very similar to that, except for instead of punching, well, it's we'll pile driving the, him into the stands. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. But okay. but so like, do am I worried at all about Coloco? Did he deserve any punishment? No. If you're the NBA, just if as long as someone's retaliating, go ahead, give him the ejection. Like you just you just want to encourage everyone to not get in these situations, especially it's it's a rookie Coloco who is like not a known player. Like if it was LeBron that did that, 
he obviously wouldn't be ejected, but just setting the, the standard for like, hey, if you're involved in a fight and in any way where you respond, you know, like there, there's going to be consequences, right? So if you're the Raptors, you do not care at all about this. I think Cloco did the right thing to stand up for himself. I thought he wasn't intimidated, which is great. And obviously Caleb Martin was in the wrong here. And that's why he got the suspension and Coloco didn't. I mean, that's a very reasonable, boring take, Aaron. Like, yes, Coloco, like Coloco did. I don't know. Coloco to me did nothing that merited an ejection. And so I feel like, yes, the NBA does this all the time where they give this, yeah. do this double technical bullshit. But then the end result in the game is that there's other than the actual common foul that occurred that, K- that Kayla Martin committed on Coloco, there was no advantage to the Raptors in the game. But it was clearly a situation where one party was way more egregious in game than the other one. And it's yeah. like there should be free throws for the Raptors there. Like, yes, like to karmically, me, these technicals yes. are not equal. And yes. so it's, it just feels like you're right. The karmically, NBA just being like, well, we karma- didn't, we yeah, don't absolutely. Karmically, the heat were or the Caleb Martin was way more in the wrong than Coloco was. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree. But it's whatever. It, 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 it all comes out in the wash. It's fine. Okay. Well, the, the Heat lost the better player here, right? Like Caleb Martin is a bigger part of the Heat than Coloco is for the Raptors. Coloco's playing pretty well, but so, yeah. Let's get into this game here. Uh, so the Raptors in the second half were down twenty. They gave up seventy-one points in the first half, I believe, just getting absolutely torched. Uh, my yeah. dude, some of this was just great shooting by the Heat, but also. Bad let's talk about that second quarter. <laughs> yeah, there was a stretch of fouls that were just atrocious by the Raptors where they, I think it was two, three point and one fouls that they committed and like just really ticky tacky stuff where it was like, yes, this is absolutely a foul. The refs are calling it right. And the Raptors are just giving the heat free buckets and not fouling them hard enough to actually affect the shot. It was just really, really sloppy pit play from the Raptors. And mind you, they like, totally... this, is, this is the second night of a back to back, right? Yeah, but it was like it was totally deserved that they went down 20 like at halftime and then in the second half as well. They were still down 20 for a while in the third quarter before before this this Coloco incident actually kind of fired them up and got them back into the game. And to me, this is this is the biggest weakness of the Raptors defense is when you hit some shots on them. For some reason, they want to take everything away and then they just end up giving up everything. You just move the ball like drive and kick, move the ball, move the ball, and you're going to get a wide open corner three or a layup or a dunk. And the Raptors just, for whatever reason, they want to take everything away and they stop staying solid. And this happened throughout the entire game. Even the second half, the Heat just ended up shooting really poorly, but they were still getting great looks. Uh, Like on the balance, you know, I thought the Raptors made a valiant effort to to come back and played really hard in it and and ended up generating a bunch of turnovers to to make the comeback. But just on the balance of the game, it was not good defensively. It was it was too much. Sometimes I feel like they need to dial it back a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Heat, the Heat are a really smart team and they they burn the Raptors on a lot of possessions. Um, But to me, this is a game where, yeah, second night of a back to back and the, Ra- the Heat are a really good team. Like, so we haven't talked about this. The like the most probably the most important play of the game was like, Scotty Barnes went out for a layup and was undercut by Tyler Hero trying to take a charge, and he sprained his ankle on the on the way down. And that was in the second quarter, so he ended up missing the rest of the game, which ended up putting Precious to chew on the floor for a lot more minutes. And this was definitely his best game of the season. I thought he looked really good. He had a yeah. fun 
he had a fun uh, tete-a-tete with Tyler Hero, where Tyler Hero got kind of a bullshit and one on him, where I thought <laughs> Precious maintained verticality on a layup. And then Precious in transition in the second half did a nice little Euro step, got fouled by Tyler Hero, and they both did the he's too small sign to each other. <laughs> Precious did it, held it real long in retaliation. Yeah. Precious definitely had a revenge game against the Heat. I think he loves playing against his former team. Yeah. And similarly, I thought Kyle Lowry had a had a solid game against the Raptors. It was a little rough at the start, but then he picked it up and had a game ceiling basket near the end, like a really nice finish around yeah. Siakam, I believe it was. And yeah. So like I a good, I don't know. It's always it's bittersweet to see Kyle Lowry in a different uniform, but you know, it's good to see him play and play well. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet also picked up five fouls, I think, early in the third quarter. And in just an alpha move by Nick Nurse, he just kept him out there and just played him, ended up playing 39 minutes. And the Heat, I thought one of their downfalls is that they kept trying to attack uh, Freddie in the post. And they put Freddie on uh, Jimmy Butler, which I thought was a stroke of genius because basically it was like, if you want to do any pick and roll with him or get any, anyone switched on to him. It's like, well, now you're switching on a bigger defender. And he, I thought he really did a great job on Jimmy and, and created a bunch of turnovers. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I absolutely love that coaching decision. I think that's something I can't remember seeing another coach make that decision where pretty much even like he had four fouls and at kept half. him out there yeah, at and half. And then he started really the second early. half. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's like five fouls in the third quarter and still playing. It's almost I will unheard say, of. I will say the game situation is you're down 20. You're, yeah. you're star point you're guard. Not making it a foul, it's pretty easy to just say, fuck it, stay out there, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. The game situation definitely affected this as well. But yeah. I, loved, I loved that coaching decision. A bright spot for Nick Nurse. Yeah, we did have a Malachi Flynn sighting. Uh, in this game, because Scotty got hurt. Not just a Malachi Flynn sighting. Got more minutes than Banton. So, you know, looking like someone's maybe sneaking ahead of Banton in the rotation. Are you feeling well, a little nervous? Banton's played in every game this week, so eh, not super nervous. Trends, though, Aaron. It's all about no. trends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. The Raptors are about to, we're recording this on Monday night, and the Raptors are about to play Miami again this night. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens in this game. I don't. I think Scotty Barnes is out, so I don't. I uh, don't love the Raptors odds here. I mean, I think this wouldn't be a Raptors review episode without spending at least five minutes talking about Malachi Flynn's performance. So I'm just going to dive in here. Aaron, he hit two threes, two of four from three. Shots looking pretty crispy from him, but on, on the defensive end. He struggled a bit. He committed three fouls in his eight minutes. And he's just getting abused. He got, he got, he's getting bullied by stronger players. Um, so that side of the ball wasn't great. And on offense as well, outside of hitting those shots, he doesn't. He still doesn't look comfortable in the Raptors' offense. Like he's, if he dribbles the ball up the court, he just stops with it and hands it off to Siakam or Freddie or whoever actually is supposed to be handling the ball. He, he's not really taking any initiative to create offense. And Maybe that's just what they've told him to do, but it's, you know, for a presumed point guard, it's like he's not really doing any creation, which is a bit of a problem. Yeah, he doesn't really do the point or the guard part of point guard. <laughs> which begs the uh, question, the philosophical question of what is the point of Malachi Flynn? Three-point sniper Malachi Flynn. Uh, yeah, not, so, not great. <laughs> yeah. Overall, we like one and two, all these games are super close. Like if you want to replay it, 
you know, one or one and two feels fine. They could have gone two and one. That would have been fine as well. Uh, you know, just on the balance of play, it was, all the games were even, but they were all playing good teams. So I don't think there's any reason to change your preseason expectations for the Raptors. I don't think Gary Trent and OG are going to play this poorly, but you know, the Raptors might continue to deal with some injuries and, you know, Pascal might not play this well. So I don't know. Not, I, I'm not going to overreact to week one. Like I, like I said, I would, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to change my outlook on the Raptors from being a yeah. pretty good team. Yeah, I don't think they've, I think they've played like the caliber of play. They're playing really good teams and they played them closely. Like they, they kind of are who we thought they were. They're a good team. And this week we we haven't talked about it yet. Like they've, they've just gone all in on the offensive rebounding. We're most of the time we're playing two guards all game, which means that there's, you know, like 60 guard minutes out of 84 minutes or sorry, 90, whatever the math works out to 96 minutes. Like, you know, there's, there's tons of minutes out there with only Freddie or only Gary. And then there's basically four bigs out there and they're all crashing the the glass. So the Raptors are, are doing really well on the offensive boards. And they're also generating a ton of turnovers. And almost all of these games, they have like 10 plus shots over their opponents. Like this is the edge that they are continuing to seek. And, you know, this is the edge that they need because they're just so bad in the half court. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's how the roster is constructed. I, I I think I'm excited for the return of Otto Porter Jr. in particular because yes. having some shooting come off of the bench, I think, is going to be a breath of fresh air for this. Well, Raptors hopefully, team. yeah, not taking anything away from from the defensive end. Yes, yeah, like fitting into the defensive schemes, but also being able to shoot. I think it's going to give them a lot more versatility in what they can do. Um, yeah, being able to play yeah him instead of Coloco or Thaddeus Young, you know, is gonna is gonna spread the floor a lot. Yeah, Thaddeus Young in particular, it's just it's it's problematic to fit him into lineups because he can't shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. one one concerning thing is is the Raptors' minutes load. I mind you, like we said, two of their rotation guys are injured in Boucher and Otto Porter. But the Raptors are already averaging in the high 30s for most of their starters. You know, no overtime game. So this is, it's heavy minutes on the starters already. And, you know, it's early in the season. So, you know, they're fresh. But this is a trend to watch out for this season because this new Raptors team, it's really pretty much a retread, but it's supposed to be retread with more depth. So hopefully they don't have to play so many minutes, but that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I don't think we should read too much into that because like we've talked about, two of their rotation players are out and these are also like very competitive teams. There's going to be some blowouts this year where guys will get some rest. Like, I I, I don't know. The season is young. Let's, let, let's see how this plays out. I think if a month from now, Freddie and Siakam are still averaging 38, 39 minutes a game, I think that's where we need to be concerned because we did see... Last playoffs, Freddie got worn out, and it's like we need, we do need to, and at the end of the day, focus on the playoffs because we kind of have to assume that we're going to make it there. <laughs> Which maybe is a bold assumption because this year the East is really competitive. Maybe it's just like you really the have to go balls is, to the wall is, yeah, to really make the playoffs. But yeah, I hope the Raptors are good enough that they can slide into the sixth or fifth seed pretty comfortably. But we'll have to see. It could be a close race. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll start keeping an eye out for that in a few weeks. When, yeah, when the teams have played enough games that there's some kind of sample size. Uh, 
Ben, I know we talked about this at the beginning of last year. The terrible challenges by Nick Nurse. So far, he's three for three on really bad challenges that either have no chance of winning or just even if you won, would just basically be like side out for the other team. You know, like what are you really preventing, right? So disappointing. They, they seem like emotional challenges where he's upset by a call that he disagrees with, but the upside isn't there. The chances of winning aren't there. The challenge, the challenge game, I know we were critical of Nurse last year for that. At the beginning of the year, it improved as the year went on. Not great. So in lieu or because of Nathan's email last week where he asked us to make a bet, I'm going to propose to you a bet of the number of challenges the Raptors win this year. And I will put the line at at 12. That That's my compromise. 12. That's my compromise with you. You said you were just going to take the under no matter what I said. So I thought I'd try to make it fair and not exploit you and put like five. Hmm. Well, based off of this 0 for 3 so far in the season, I don't know. Nick Nurse's challenges just feel so reactionary. It's if Siakam calls for a challenge late in the game, he's like, yeah, let's do it. I, I ride or die with my superstar. And I think just the way the referees officiate challenges is so stupid because they'll just like find the tickiest, tackiest little thing and be like, oh, yep, this was a foul. Technically, we would never call it if this was a live game. But now we're calling it because we can but see it in review. That, that, should, there's that like, should go player. into sort of the calculus yeah. of challenging it, right? You should really only use your challenge for high leverage situations where there's a high upside on like overturning like a three point foul or, you know, yeah, like, but I just think the Raptors are never going to get a foul overturn because they do play so physical. They're really they challenging foul the everyone refs. all the time. <laughs> yeah, they do foul everyone all the time, but like you challenge the refs to make all those calls. Um, it's just, but like so many, all the good teams are playing physical and like you kind of have yeah, to, to be yeah. competitive you saw it with the heat. It's just, it's a, it's a yeah. rough game. Yeah. Yeah. And there's always getting, like, whenever the Raptors and heat play, it feels like someone's always getting injured. It's just, they play very physical and intense basketball. Um, so I'm taking the under. Yes. Like I, I think 12, I mean, I, I actually want to like look at how many he won last year. I feel like it was probably more than 12. So this is probably a really dumb bet by me. But my heart says Nick Nurse fails most of his challenges this year. And so I'm going yeah. under. Where, where is get the 11. line that you would want to set? Nick Nurse challenge wins. <laughs> if I recall, the NBA does not track uh, challenge wins. Like in any kind uh, of score so that you can keep. 82 but... games. Yeah. And they get one challenge a game. Presumably, yeah. they use that challenge pretty much every game. Maybe like seventy-five games, they'll use their challenge. There's I think probably it's probably. Where I they... think it's probably less than that. I think really? a decent amount of games they save their challenge for and just don't have anything because they end up winning or you know there's just no call to challenge. But yeah, maybe I would, I'm disagreeing minorly here with you. Okay, but, uh, so seventy to seventy-five. I mean, I feel like if it's lower than twenty, that's really bad. That's a really bad success rate, yeah. but. But I, I think the, the overall challenge win rate is like in the 30s. Yeah, and I think the refs just hate giving like the challenges, making them be successful. So I, I you know, sure, let's stick with 12. I'm going to say under 12. All right, I'll take the over. And what are the stakes, Ben? The stakes are, I kind of like the jersey suggestion. I'm I'm running low on fresh Raptors swag, so maybe 
I mean, it could be like an, a knockoff jersey. Like jersey prices these days are kind of ridiculous. So I'm not going to advocate for people not buying legitimate NBA merch, but don't I buy will. legitimate NBA merch. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a jersey from somewhere that looks like a Raptors jersey. <laughs> yes. The legality With, of it. We won't speculate on anymore. But who would be the name on your jersey if you win? Who is your favorite Raptor that you want a jersey for? Aaron? Kawhi Leonard. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll just give you my old Kawhi Leonard. That works <laughs> out. <laughs> You're such a troll. Give me a Malachi Flynn jersey. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. that jersey's not going to be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Only I stick to my guns. The Raptors fans will know what that means five years from now. Oh, I go okay, down Flynn. with the ship. I go down with the ship. All right, Aaron. Is he the point guard that's playing for CSK in Moscow now? <laughs> um, all right, Ben. Let's get to some emails here. Uh, I'll, I'll take the first one. We got a few from Gavin. Hi, Aaron and Ben. First, I got to say, I was ecstatic to see a new Raptors review pop up in my feed a few weeks ago. Keep it up. You are the best Raptors pod out there. High, high praise. Uh, Thank you, Gavin, for the kind words. My question is about Draymond. I can't unsee that video of him punching Jordan Poole, and I'm shocked at the lack of suspension. I can no longer cheer for Golden State in good faith, considering how they allow Draymond to conduct himself. Dude's a bully, plain and simple. I'll be cheering for their opponents all season. Uh, so if it's really broken behind the scenes there, I think it's entirely possible the Warriors trade Draymond Green. If that happens, would you ever be happy to see him in a Raptors jersey? Personally, I wouldn't trade Flynn for him straight up. What's your take? How little will the Raptors have to give up before you, you happily accept, accept Draymond on the team? Ben, we talked about the punch a little bit, but... I uh, I just want to like say that that Gavin here is absolutely right that Draymond is a bully. He is supposed to be a leader and a veteran on this team, and he just cold clocks one of the young guys on the team almost out of nowhere. You know, to the point where it's, it doesn't really matter what Jordan Poole said to him. You just you just can't do that. Like no no words could justify that reaction, right? Yeah, especially from like a leader and a veteran. That I think belies some serious issues that Draymond has and probably needs to work through. Um, so yeah, like certainly Draymond Green is a flawed person. Um, but as a basketball player, he's extremely helpful and I would happily have him on the Raptors team. <laughs> yeah, I think the lack of suspension to me was really surprising, but I, I think it speaks to the cachet that he has with the organization where like he's He's been there his whole career. He's, you know, won the four championships. championships. Yeah. <laughs> and and he's been like their second most important player or third most important player outside of like in the KD years, right? Last season, he was their second most important player. They don't win a championship without Draymond. Like they they have no hope of, of defending without him. Exactly. And and the reality of the situation is if they want to win again this year, they're they're coming back to defend their title. If they want to win, they need Draymond Green to be playing and like, as the best defensive player in the league, they need his talent and his chemistry with Steph Curry to win again. He He's so vital to this team that, that I get that it's hard to suspend him. And also the optics of like him not being there on opening night for the ring ceremony and stuff like that. Yeah. I think, be, I think that's, would be that really was the weird. biggest reason. If it was just a normal season, they probably would have suspended him for a few games, but 
Also, yeah. the reason they don't have to suspend them, all sort of altercations, anything that happens in practice is under the team. The NBA only suspends people for like off the court issues or if they have uh, something happen during game. So it's not like it's not really their purview here. Yeah. And Jordan Poole also got $140 million from the team. So like 120 guaranteed, but potentially yeah. 140 million. Yeah. If he wins MVP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never say never. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This is just like, it feels like there should have been some punishment in here, but they did find him and the maximum amount of fine that you can do without, uh, without having Draymond Green be able to file a grievance is, is $50,000. So not, uh, they did not find him a lot. Chump change. He probably got that much for his little 10 minute documentary about the punch (laughs) with TNT. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) So, exactly how much they paid him. (laughs) Let's try to answer the question here. Yeah. Uh, So, would you ever be happy to see him in a Raptors jersey? I'm a yes. I assume you're a yes too. Like, I mean, it's it's an awkward fit. It's an awkward fit. The the fit is, is bad, but I think he would fit this team really well in the defensive end on offense. I mean, I don't know if, if it could get uglier. We would we would find out with Draymond on offense. Yeah, but, uh, I think the trade-offs are definitely worth it. Draymond is a valuable player. I think he's less valuable outside of the Warriors. And it would be really interesting to see how he plays on a different team that doesn't have the elite shooters that the Warriors do because I think so much of his passing and ball movement on offense is predicated on, like, Steph Curry unlocks that part of his game. And so would he still be able to do any of that? on a different team we, we have no idea but it'd be fun to see i think we've always think just defensively about the warriors yeah, yeah like, just defensively he's a he's valuable enough that he'll still yeah. help so i would i would trade for him i wouldn't give, would up you give up a ton yeah you know because the like, age like you know he's gonna want a big contract right give up malachi flynn and a couple second round picks <laughs> like i, I don't trade. think you give up more like a like a first even feels like a lot uh, for i would trade like salary uh boucher and thaddeus young and basically everyone on the raptors bench that the warriors would want plus like a first round pick i would do that for Draymond and a first round pick yeah you're gonna be good your pick's gonna be in the 20s like who cares yeah i mean i guess i i think like you know let's not even get into the contract situation because he's gonna he's gonna want a contract this offseason and that's an issue where it's like you're gonna be paying him well into his 30s and there's potential regression there so i think if you're doing it as a rental, sure, but I wouldn't give up too much for him. Anyways, Draymond's never going to be a Raptor, so this is a moot point. Let's move on to Gavin's next email. Doubleheader this week. He snapped. All right, second email from Gavin. I just finished watching the Sixers-Bucks game, and I got to say I'm disgusted. Harden worked so hard to get this team back in it, and then they bring Embiid back in, and he Fs it all up. The Sorry. truth is... Wait, what is that? <laughs> Aaron, we have potentially have children that listen to this podcast, but they need to learn what the F word means. And he fucks it all up. Okay, sorry. So Embiid fucked everything up in this game, the Sixers Bucks. Embiid fucked it all up. And the truth is Embiid is too slow and is still a turnover machine. He never gets back on defense and he hurts their transition offense. I don't want to hear either of you say that Embiid is an offensive engine in the half court because I just watched him get shut the fuck down by Brooke Lopez, whose spine is held together with scotch tape and chewing gum at this point. All right, Gavin is on a rampage. I love it. 
Sixers need to are we, trade are we Embiid. Sure this is Gavin and not Alex. <laughs> yeah, this is Alex's burner account. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, Sixers need to trade Embiid in all caps and surround Harden, an actual offensive engine, with better talent than he ever had in Houston. Think of what you could get for Embiid. Here are a few packages I put together that make Philly a clear favorite. So went to he went deep into the NBA trade machine here. First proposal, Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi for Mike Scott and Joel Embiid. <laughs> Apparently that still works. On the team. Yeah. We can just, yeah, I didn't even know Mike Scott was still in the league. Um, but yeah, apparently that works. If I was the Raptors, I would make that trade. I can, <laughs> I I can answer this trade very quickly. The 76ers say no. Yes. The next trade, Nicholas Batum, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Zubach, Terrence Mann for Mike Scott again, Joel Embiid, Korkmaz, Charles Bassey, who I didn't know existed, and Jaden Springer. He's on, he's on the Spurs now. Okay. No longer Interesting. Wrong. And then the next trade to the Mavericks, uh, Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell, Christian Wood, Dorian Finney-Smith for Mike Scott, Joel Embiid, and Korkmaz. So That's Reggie Bullock? Bullock, sorry. Um, these trades, so, okay, he admits it. These trades are admittedly a little wild, but the point stands. You could surround Harden and Maxi with another two or three high-quality 3 and D players, and it's just game over for the league. Get Embiid out of Philly. Alex was right. He is the problem. All, All right. right. Ben, Aaron. Aaron. Let, let me let me get my take. We've here. been Embiid stands for a long time, defending him against the slander that Alex has sent in every email he's ever written to us. Go just just respond. Okay. I've watched every Sixers game this season. They're 0-3. They just lost to the Spurs on Saturday night. Uh, the Spurs are if you should be the worst roster, team in the league. Yeah, they're they're tanking, and uh, they they got their asses kicked. Joel Embiid has been a disaster on defense. He is out of shape, not playing hard. He has been a disaster on defense. Probably why they've lost these games. Their defense has not been good enough. Yeah. So, absolutely, he is. Like the, he's the reason why, like if he played like he did last season, they're probably two and one and, uh, you know, not having all these concerns, apparently he had plantar fasciitis in the off season and, you know, for whatever reason didn't come in shape, but he's been with the team since training camp. I am worried about his defensive decline. We saw it a bit last season, didn't really have the athleticism or the mobility on the perimeter that he used to have. I'm very worried about him defensively. Offensively, Mandis is a monster. He is still unguardable on offense. He's just so much bigger and stronger. He draw a million fouls, get to the rim, can still shoot. You know, it's like Embiid saying Embiid is not a, a half court like engine is just like that's just I think factually wrong. But to I think he definitely deserves a lot of the blame for the defense but mind you like playing Harden and and uh, Tyrese Maxey is just like that's not a recipe for good defense either and I think when we when I talked about in the preseason how I was worried about the Sixers defense like they're going to score a ton of points but I think they're going to give up a ton as well and 
you know, the, are they an Owen three team? Like, do they deserve to be an Owen three team? Probably not. They played, they played the bucks really close, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the Sixers this season and especially in the playoffs. I just, I don't know how they're going to stop people. Yeah. My picks for the Sixers going to the finals and Embiid winning defensive player of the year, not off to a strong start. I will say. Yeah. I feel like I'm having the best record almost out of it in terms of defensive player of the year after these three games. Yeah. And he, yeah, he just looks slow and out of shape and he got, you know, maybe it's a Luka Doncic straight thing. rebound offensive rebounds to Jakob Pertle against the Spurs. Like, and no, that, that just clinched it for good. the Spurs. It, it was, it was ugly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but maybe this is a Luka Doncic situation where the second half of the season, and yeah, he could play totally himself play into himself shape. In shape. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's, we've, we have such a track record of Embiid being a great player, especially in the regular season, that I think it's too early to worry. And I think we have to assume that he's going to round into form. I'm going to I'm going to fo- take some positives from Philly's start here. James Harden, I mean, I didn't watch the Spurs game, and I saw that he didn't have a great shooting performance that game. But the first two games, James Harden was fantastic, I thought. He was yeah running the offense really well getting to spots on the floor, scoring. He was flashing more of a mid-range game than he's shown before, but like that's what the defense was giving him, and he was taking it. Doesn't have quite the same athleticism that he'd had in his Houston days, but I think it was, he's... It's better than last season. Yeah, he, and he's the, been he really He can get effective. by guys, and he can, you know, he can move, right? He doesn't so, have, he's not going to dunk on guys that much anymore, but he's, he's, yeah. he's got it. So presumably, if Embiid does round into form they do have an elite combination there. And that's still, to me, it's like talent at the end of the day, come playoff time really, really matters. I and do those guys are pretty unguardable. Team. I what? do not believe in this team in the playoffs. I, I think their defense is going to be atrocious. They have exactly one good defender in their starting lineup. And I just no, MB is, is a good defender. PJ Tucker's a good defender. That's it. Like, Tobias Harris tries, my Maxi tries, Harden Max, sometimes Maxie tries. Maxi and Harden and oh, Tobias are usually pretty bad, especially Harden has been awful. Yeah, it's it's not great, time. but I don't know. I think yeah, a lot of I mean the defense really depends on Embiid and if he is just a bad defender now, that's they're they're sunk for sure. But the season is long. Let's not overreact to three games, even though that is a very bad three games. But I do want to, let's move into our next segment here, the schedule for the upcoming week. We play the Sixers twice at home. This is a terrible time to catch the Sixers. They are going to be desperate. Mind you, we play the Heat tonight on Monday, and then Wednesday we play the 76ers, and Friday we play the 76ers again. We we played Miami when they were 0-2. They were, they were pretty desperate for a win. And the 76ers, even if they win, are going to be one and three. So, yeah, uh, tough, tough in terms of just like getting teams that are going to that are searching for a win. You know, that's true. But we also are cashing Embiid when he's out of shape. I don't think that's just magically going to turn around in the course yeah. of a week. So the Raptors always play Embiid tough. They can frustrate him, force a lot of turnovers. I, maybe like the flip side of this is yes, they're going to be desperate for a win, but we could also just like catch them when they're really off and when they're imploding. And, and yeah, 
be the so, the last nail in the Doc Rivers coffin. Exactly, exactly. I like where your head's at, Aaron. So I think this could be a good week. But, I mean, a lot of it depends on this Monday game because, you know, against the Heat, who knows how many Raptors are going to get injured. So we'll see who we even have able to play <laughs> come Wednesday and Friday. <laughs> That's big TBD. Hopefully, Scotty Barnes recovers well from his ankle. He's a game-time decision for tonight's game, I believe. So there, I think there's optimism that he'll be playing Wednesday, Friday. So hopefully, it's not out too long. Yeah, I, you know, it's going to be a long season. Let's... Let's wait till we get out of this really tough part of our schedule into some more stable games. Let's see the Raptors beat up on some bad teams and we'll feel better about them, I bet. I, I still feel good about them. Okay. Well, I mean, if they go three this week, will you still feel good about them? I mean, it depends how they do it. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, Everything's about results, 03, Aaron. <laughs> they could have easily gone O three this week too, right? And, you know, I would still hopefully feel the same about them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to discuss before we sign off for the week? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Uh, looking forward to seeing how this how this team goes. The NBA right now is just phenomenal. I keep saying Aaron, it. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We've gone a whole Raptors review podcast without talking about the Lakers. Oh, I mean, this I've is unheard watched of. every Lakers game too. But This uh, is unheard of. Okay, here's my Lakers take. <laughs> They're actually secretly just fine. They they got blown up by the Warriors. The Warriors are excellent. And then they lost two 50-50 games, one to the Clippers and one to the uh to the Blazers last night. And like their their defense is good. They play hard. They're shooting, they're terrible shooting, but they're not twenty percent bad. No one is twenty percent from three so far, which they are. So I, I think they're actually gonna be fine. If, as long as they stay healthy, I think they'll be like a competent team. And Russ is, has had like, even for him, a terrible shooting start to the season. I don't know if that's going to continue. No, that's uh, going to continue. I can pretty much guarantee that. <laughs> but not to this <laughs> level. <laughs> he's like one of 17 from three. And he's normally in the 20%, not, not the single digits, right? It's, uh, yeah. But Russ is a broken man. Yeah, like the, the vibes on this team, I'm actually like pretty encouraged. They seem to be playing hard, which last year they didn't. And so, yeah, the, the team's not good, but I also think that they're not terrible because they play hard and they should have a good defense as long as AD's healthy. And, you know, if they can get any kind of shooting rhythm, like LeBron looks good, AD looks healthy, so I think they're going to be you know, they're going to be like a 500 team. I would, I would assume unless, unless this thing just absolutely implodes for a chemistry behind the scenes. Yep. Reasons, I don't think which it's going to implode. No, no, no. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's, it is the, the Russell Westbrook dilemma right now. It's just yeah. like, do you bench him? Do you like trade him? Like, is he going to be on the team three weeks from now? Like playing? Yes or no? I would, I would think yes. Really? If I, I if think I was... no. I think there's no chance. He's either really? benched so, or traded. He's so bad, dude. He is just like destroying the team every time he's out there. He fits so poorly with the other guys. I just think that the, it's not just fit. He just is bad. But yeah, he does. I mean, it's both. Like, he's terrible and he fits terribly with the also, team. Also, like, you know, you're replacing him with who, right? It's not like someone that's not you play replace him with Austin Reeves or like you're already playing him like 30 minutes a night. I don't know. It's just I like, 
I don't know. There's no way you can I think, keep playing Westbrook. I think I think Russ, like he, he's playing a bit harder on defense, like especially compared to last year. I think I think they're just gonna stay the course. If I was if I was Rob Palenka, I would be so happy I got a four year extension. But aside from that, I would look at the Steam be like, even if we do the Miles Turner and Buddy Heald deal for Russ and give up our two firsts, like are we are we good enough to compete for a championship? I'd have serious questions about that. So, yeah, I, I don't see it happening. But I think you know, I don't know how team, much there's a, there's a whole like power struggle and stuff. Behind there's a the team scenes. out west yeah. that really needs Russell Westbrook, and it's the Utah Jazz. They've yeah, been I don't know way if you're good getting, to start the season. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they have anything that would like. I don't know. Maybe if they got their entire starting lineup, but I don't think. I mean, that's impossible. So I don't know. Get Just Jordan Clarkson wise. and Mike whoever Conley. kill your defense. Conley. Hey, you, it improves their shooting, and they like that team is way too good, and they need Russell Westbrook to tank. Like their Jazz are failing so hard at tanking right now, they need to switch yeah, things up because all of in. these wins, all of these wins matter though. Like they do. The tank race is going to be so competitive. They this do. Year. But all all these games Three have been super close. Is a disaster for the Jazz. It's a disaster. Okay, so- don't overreact. No. The 76ers, when they got these the number one matter. overall pick, won three games in the, to start the season two. Like it's, but there there's a lot of competition in the tank race. So I don't know. I think we focus on the games at the end of the season. These teams need to have focus at the beginning of the season. The, well, these guys are playing to get traded. So in the <laughs> yeah. end, it could so be. So they a need good to thing. trade. Yeah, in the end, it could be a good thing. Yeah. Westbrook's gonna be off the team in three weeks. You heard it here first from me. All right, Aaron's let's dumb. put this on. Let's put this. This is a bet. It's not a Raptors bet. But why don't why don't we keep track of our bets and whoever wins more of them has to do the the payout, right? So we have Nick Nurse challenge over under twelve. I have the over. You have the under. Let's do twelve and a half. So if okay. it's, if it's twelve, then you win. I like that. And then Russell Westbrook. Let's go. What's the date going to be? Three weeks he's from now. He's not playing for the Lakers. Whether that's benched or okay. traded, three weeks from now. He's not three playing. Weeks. Okay, so team. what's the date where he's going to be benched by? All right. The 14th. All right. November 14th. He's gone. He's, he's he gone. benched or traded. Yeah. Okay. I still I say he's still playing. If he's injured, do I win? Or is that just a no? no that's just a, a draw. A no. No. Yeah, okay. that's no. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So we got three games this week. And we'll be back on our regular schedule next weekend. Yep. Sunday. We'll be given a fresh new episode of the Raptors Review. As always, if you want to shoot us an email, it's raptorsviewmail at gmail.com. As you've seen in this episode, you can swear, drop as many F bombs as you want. I'll be forced to read them uncomfortably on air by Aaron. So, you know, maybe let's not make that a trend. But, you know, if you want to, if you want to see me be uncomfortable on air, just throw as many as you want in there. <laughs> it's raptorsreviewmail at gmail.com. That's all for us for today. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.